Hello and welcome to Movie of the Year, very special, end of the year, best of 2021 show. That's right, 2021 is drawing to a conclusion, and we are evaluating all of the things (laughs) that we loved about it as we get ready for 2022. Oh my gosh, I'm still writing Kill Me on all my checks. But today, we are not here to talk about how depressing life is. Instead, we're going to talk about some of the best comedies of 2021 joining me are my partners in crime first of all ryan and i mean welcome you didn't introduce me you didn't say comedy expert but no one of us should Mm -hmm. and i will and uh, that's the crime i was talking about the crime against comedy (laughs) (laughs) right um and yeah i mean you have me on the show because I know what comedy is. Like yeah. I will just walk down a line of things and be like, funny, funny, not funny, funny. And I plan to do that today. No, I'm not in no more like introspective than that. No, I will just be pointing at these shows and saying funny, not funny, funny, not funny. Most of the shows are pretty funny. Would you agree? Caitlin? I say I I did get a little hee-hees out there. Yeah, okay, a couple of them. Couple of them. Too. Okay, yeah, definitely. Um, to these guffaws? shows. Guffaws? Guffaws. I got like three guffaws. That's pretty good. A guffaw. That's like as big as it gets, I think. I mean, if it goes, hey, hey, like a, hot, like a okay. Michael Jackson. Yeah, we're getting a little tee-hee, not hee-hee Yeah, here. watch out. Yeah. Also joining us is Nate. Hello, Nate. Well, hey, everybody. What's the deal what with could... Ovaltine? What is the deal? <laughs> the cup is round. The jar is round. <laughs> they say it's rich in chocolatey. Tastes like powder. <laughs> Cassie is also joining us. Cassie, are you ready to discuss the Carmodies of 2021. Oh, I love Kermities. This is mm-hmm. the one I look forward to the most because I love a good chuckle mm-hmm. and a good guffaw. The What I am interested in knowing is where does the dad knee slap land on the scale? Is that oh, like man. peak or is a guffaw higher? Da- Honestly, the I would say for most people's dads, they're like during these comedies... They're like, hmm, not so sure about this. But then during the commercials, oh, you yeah. get a Geico on, oh, right? The and they're like, oh, progressive. I love this one. Greg, if you want to talk about comedy with your friends, you should talk about this commercial right here. <laughs> Have you seen that one with the gophers when they like are purposely making people crash? Uh, oh, they talk God. about them like episode like did you no, watch yeah. the Geico commercial this weekend? <laughs> I feel so bad. My parents do that and I have to like like kind of get it up for the conversation, right? And you're like, oh man, those gophers, <laughs> they shouldn't do that. <laughs> oh dear. You guys are both still like with it, right? <laughs> like, Are we of sound mind? You um, know I'm your sound son. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> well, it's time to turn our attention to legitimately talking about this and brooking no interruption in our attempt to talk about it. And so I will now begin talking about oh greg i'm getting an email ryan could you not interrupt me when i don't expect it uh no every email is as important as the last okay yeah we got an email it is important this is from the board and apparently greg Mm -hmm. and cassie yes and also caitlin and nate okay the oscar nominations were announced oh gosh i forgot this i feel like i got my i feel like i got kicked in the butt again wait till you hear what happened <laughs> uh, Cassie, first round, first pick. Power of the Dog, 12 nominations. 12 Let nominees. Attack. 12 Burn. nominees. Destruction. Uh, we all know that books picked Drive My Car, which I thought was a terrible choice in the first round. Four nominations. I'm so proud of that fucking movie. Dude. Four nominations. Also, that's such a good movie. Watch Drive My Car. Even if you don't think it's good, it is good. Uh, Greg came in with Dune with 10 nominations. Dune. Strong. Dune. Dune. And then I took Belfast with seven. And then I said that I was going to get the most nominations yeah. in the second round. Mm-hmm. West Side Story got seven. Okay. Oh, wow. That's a kind of a surprise. That is so a lot. I'm at 14 with Cassie at 12. 
Uh-oh. Wow. SpaghettiOs. Greg took Liquor's Pizza with three. Come on, Books Greg. took Coda with three, and Cassie, House of Gucci with one. Oh. Oof. Lady Gaga, not nominated. God. Man, I not Gucci. I forgot about sexism. <laughs> it's crazy how you continue to forget about that. <laughs> Every oh, time. Yes. Wait, it's still five women nominated for Best Actress, though. <laughs> nope. Nope? Okay. <laughs> uh, in the third round... Cassie took Encanto, get that got three. Books stole this one with King Richard with six. Mm. Yeah, dude. Greg took the Scottish play, the Scottish film, with yeah. three, and then I've got Tick Tick Boom with two. Oh. Now I'm starting to freak out. Okay. Sweating. Then I took Being the Ricardos three. And then No Time to Die is three. Don't look up is four. And Summer of Soul is one. And at this point, ladies and gentlemen, we are all tied. No way! Going yeah. into the final round of the Oscar wow. round. Four-way tie. Cassie picks F9, the fast saga. Yeah, She's out. Okay, Cassie. Darn it. <laughs> she is out right there. Five rounds of beauty picks. Yeah. <laughs> and you fucking punted it. it. I, I stay true to myself, yeah, Ryan. Yeah, <laughs> Uh, books took Spider-Man No Way Home. I think she thought she could get more than one. She just got one. Yeah, okay. Here's what it all comes down to. Greg took the French Dispatch. I thought that was probably good for four. Super snubbed, got zero. Ooh! Ooh. Z- French I Dispatched. T- I, t- <laughs> I took the movie Flea because I heard it might get nominated for Best Documentary, Best Animated, and Best Foreign Film. Three for three gets nominated for all of them. Oh! And I beat... Uh, it's 22 for me. Greg had 19. Books, 18. And Cassie, 17. No oh. Oscar draft has ever been like that wow, before. Wow, that was amazing. <laughs> wow. Stephanie, yeah. my wife, asked me, like, are they going to be mad? And I was like, no, they're going to be so fucking yeah. stoked. Like, we was, all did good. That was cinematic, no pun intended. <laughs> How exciting. Well, congratulations on going three for flea there, Ryan, <laughs> in the last round. It's my favorite movie of the year. Never seen it. Don't know what it is. Yeah, favorite it's movie. so good. I bet if you saw it, you'd be like, this is awesome. I deserve to win because of this. Well, very good, Ryan. But it's not time to talk about movies. It's time to talk about comedies. The best comedies of 2021 when we come back. Welcome to this, your first round of the 2021 TV comedy bracket. Up first, it's number one, Reservation Dogs versus number eight, Southside. The pain begins right now. <laughs> we should probably talk about how important Reservation Dogs is. We should mention it's all Native writing staff and crew. We should talk about what it must be like to be a young Native or Indigenous person who sees this show for the first time. But shit, can we just start with how this is one of the funniest shows we have ever seen? A show so instantly comfortable that it's not crazy to say it could unseat Southside. The tale of Southside Chicago Rent-A-Center, made by a writer's room and crew of almost entirely locals, now in its second season, and probably better than ever. Cassie, am I overselling either of these shows? And is fate a cruel mistress for our having to favor one over the other? Confirmed. You're not cruel for it, but fate is a cruel mistress, because these are two beautiful beautiful ones. Well, what's... What's a better Saturday than five white people on a podcast pitting two <laughs> shows of people of color against each other? What could go better? But what I like, Southside surprised me, be- especially with comedies now, because it is like, so a lot of comedies are kind of toe the line between like drama a little bit, where, like they get pretty deep. Southside stays almost a sketch show. Yeah. Like yeah. it's like, we're essentially a dumb comedy, but like so good. When I say dumb comedy, I mean it as a compliment, but it is just like, this is for the sakes of laughs pretty much. Like yeah. it's it smart. Dumb. It's like yeah. the smartest dumb that you can find. 
like the dude does like he spends a whole episode trying to cook his Omaha steaks. Yes. And at the same time That you, is an epic episode though. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. It has a whole like this steak has a life and you the you steaks care are about the steaks? It. Is that what you're saying? The steaks are high, right? And I have to say, I know that the show does not like get dramatic. It doesn't do drama. But that episode is about how people that don't have that much money have like one or two nice things happen to them in the entire year. Yeah, the whole year. And they still usually can't even even get it. And so it kind of manages to like sort of have a message without yeah. the show beating you over the, the head of it with it. I love that. Is Reservation Dogs, Caitlin, is Reservation Dogs too heavy with its message? Do you think it is? I think it's it's heavier definitely than Southside. Um, a little bit more of a dramatic show oh right? yeah that's what i got because i was like i am feeling things on this show it's but like i'm it's, laughing but i'm also like oh my god i'm like learning a lot about uh, like living on the reservation life and on the reservation i'm learning all about this but it's also i'm laughing every once in a while but i do think laugh for a minute definitely south side got me oh i don't think laughing. there's anything yeah that we've ever covered in the history of the show no. that has more laughs per minute than south side yeah. and if you go back and re-watch the episodes like you'll see a whole bunch of jokes that you missed and it's it, it, it's a sketch show in so many ways just because the plot lines are so loose but you'll have a character pop up in the first episode of a season he'll be like hello and then leave and then yes. be the lead of episode six yeah like th- that is some it's sketchy but it's also incredibly world building the um reservation dogs what is good cool about it is like there's it's rare to find shows i guess not as much now but like these are also just weird kids they're res kids but they're also just weird kids trying to make it and like they have this bond over being like you get that like bonding with them of like these are kids just trying to make it and they're fucking weirdos and these are the other weirdos that you grew up with (laughs) so even though you're kind of different types of weirdos you're all drawn together before you traded out your weirdos for the four of us that are in this room right now yeah I think uh, again. I I like to foreground what we're talking about with these shows is how with how funny they are. But one thing I want to say about these two shows and several other shows that we have for this year, I think they really put the lie to the idea that having a diverse space in comedy in any way waters it down. Like these shows are both indications that you can go and get like writers writing staffs that represent the kind of audience or the kind of people that are being written about, and that doesn't cause you to like have writers who are less you, that it causes you to like explore a lot of new hilarious talent i disagree Greg. Uh, <laughs> as a straight white male i thought both of these shows were hilarious but i did get the feeling that in both shows there were jokes that i was missing and that is infuriating for me <laughs> yeah i can't have that they can't all be for you ryan i'm sorry nate when you are trying to decide between these two shows what is going to be what's going to provide that separation for you do you think oh man i mean i i think that i'm stuck on the fact that Reservation Dogs has the depth and the sort of familial vibe that yeah. puts it over the top for me. It it feels like like it's a show that combines several other shows that I really like. Like it feels like it's always sunny sometimes. It feels like Northern Exposure sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> it feels Damn. like it feels like just this beautiful melange of all these different like this catalog of quality comedy that that informed my growing up. So yeah. It it just feels like I'm coming of age with them through the show, through stories that I've experienced, but through a completely new lens. And mm. and Southside is just like, man, I I want this I want this really thoughtful popcorn, but it's like it's cheesy popcorn and it's delicious. But I think I'd have to go with Reservation Dogs. The balance between the two shows is, or I'm sorry, the balance between Reservation Dogs of being feeling so 
dramatic, like Nate was saying. And we had this major through line of four teenagers dealing with a death. Like the fifth yeah. of the group died, killed himself. Um, and like the best of them. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. one who was, who was like, had the best chances of making it off the res. Uh, Although, honestly, and this is very real, the dead one is always the best of that. When, when somebody dies, <laughs> it's always like, that was the best person yeah. that we knew. Um, but at the same time, being a total hangout show. Like, yeah. you are just chilling with this group for so long, for so many minutes of the show's run, you know? And that's the case with Southside, too, but Southside almost feels like, in a crazy way, it has more plot because it's, you know, it only has 20 minutes to tell the story and it's never going to go back. There's no, yeah. like, serialization between the storylines, just the characters' lives. I have to say, uh, Southside has been hilarious from the beginning. But I think they, in this second season, near the end of the second season, they really found their momentum with how to make it a more streamlined experience or a more like, you know, so that you don't feel you are in any way lost or that it's a skit show, right? Mm. That's kind of a that's kind of a crack on it that it's a, sk- a skit show a little bit. And I think it became a more cohesive show. Reservation Dogs hit the ground as like a fully realized, fully yeah. three-dimensional, like they know exactly what they want to do with the show. And it feels, even though it's the first year show, it feels like the more sort of mature show to me. I mean, are you guys kind of impressed and weirded out that it is our number one seed? Like, are you kind of impressed by that the world... Because we didn't create the seeds, you know? Like, all, we, all we took the, it from society I'm and not the critics. only from watching it. <laughs> like, yeah. honestly, like, you watch the show and you're just like, oh, no, this is really exceptionally good. Like, there's this character that's, like, sort of, like... Um, he's like a ghost. His, his name's William Knife. God. And he's like sort of like he's supposed to represent almost like the spirit of the of Native American people. And he shows up to like talk to them. And he's just the most like straightforward kind of um, like unexceptional bro. And he's exactly who he would be if he were alive just today. And yeah. he's just like, oh man, you got your ass kicked. That's but, crazy. You gotta put. You gotta like stick up for yourself, man. Based on that trope, you would think that he would like speak in riddles. No, yeah, it's and, not- you know, and like he would just he would like be as mysterious as the wind. He's like, bro, you have to get your shit together. Yes, <laughs> and it's a reminder that that's like that's what Native and Indigenous people are like now, yeah. and that we have this weird Hollywood conception of them that they've got like frozen or something, and that image of them has replaced the real them. And this show restores the real them. And so we can actually see what they care about, what they talk about, what they joke about. Mm-hmm. And it's as important as the show feels. It's just, it, it really is just so funny and, and so entertaining. They do good at like, so it's teaching you, you know, obviously so many people don't know anything about like res life. So like you're learning a lot, but it's not at no point is it preachy. Like you are just there existing and experiencing it with them. Uh-huh. And like, it, I feel like that's the, why it maybe got popular. Like if it was any more preachy, people would have been like, Fuck this! Also, I can't the, handle this. The Taika Waititi is strong in this, yes. isn't it, Nate? Mm-hmm. Like, is it? Oh yeah. His hand is on the tiller. He's like the only, like, I think non-Native American descended person that's associated with the show. But he feels like his vibe that he brings to it seems to mesh with everything that the show is doing otherwise. But as a non-Jojo Rabbit liker, I'm glad that there was another co-showrunner who came in and watered his shit down because he yeah. can get that preachy that Cassie was talking about. Mm. He's like, this is how you should feel about racism. It's bad. you know. And so I think the guy, the other person came in and said, who we don't know because he didn't direct a Thor movie, uh-huh. so we don't know his <laughs> name, but uh, came in and like erased a lot of that white ism yeah. And you know, he the 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 co-creator, he was the one who was really like stuck to his guns with like this is going to be like basically all made by native and indigenous people and when I watched like a behind the scenes thing about him and like I don't know, the all the crew gives him major credit for like sticking to that and I think that's part of what, you know, makes it really work. Well, I am not excited about this part because this is 
already a very brutal matchup, but I think it is time to choose one over the other of these two. So what's it going to be, Nate? Is it going to be Reservation Dogs or Southside? I mean, I, I think the Reservation Dogs appeals to everyone so much because we've all wanted to get away from where we started at some point, and that is timeless in and of itself. So I got to go with Reservation Dogs. All right, Cassie, what's it going to be? Reservation Dogs has literally everything. It's funny. Uh, it brings you in. It's also got drama. It's got suspense. It like it can bring in everybody, but I'm a dummy who likes to laugh, and it's last per minute for me. <laughs> Southside is delightful. There's a, a whole episode where we follow the life of an ottoman. Between yes. following an ottoman and a steak, like it's gonna get me. It's 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 Southside for me. Using those devices, we get to move through that community, and I like how much uh, Southside is like hundreds of different little characters that mm-hmm. pop up here and there. All right, so it's one-to-one. Caitlin, what do you think? Greg, um, I would be happy with either of these moving on, but there is one that, you know, has a snake story. <laughs> and I am like like Cassie. I'm a big old dum-dum that likes to laugh, and I got so many hee-hees, and I just kept, I ran through this whole show yes. so quickly because it was like, it was obvious. It was short. It was funny. I like wanted to keep watching it. Not that Reservation Dogs. I didn't want to watch it. It was just like heavier. A little heavier, yeah. So uh, I'm gonna go with Southside. And awesome. just to, just to clarify for uh, Cassie and Caitlin, to like Southside does not make you a dummy. It makes you a smart, <laughs> yes. smart, funny person. <laughs> yes. Like I just don't want to. Uh, sorry, Greg. Ryan. Yes, thank you. Uh, before <laughs> I vote for Reservation Dogs, I do want to give a shout out to uh, Bashir Salahuddin and Chandra Russell. Um, that is Officer Goodnight. And Officer Turner, Turner yeah. they chose Goodnight as a last name, which is crazy to me. But uh, they're a married couple. And they're married. They love each other. Absolute comedy powerhouse right now. So like good. they are, they should get a blank check from Hollywood to do whatever they want. And then he and the guy that played the Alderman are like best buds. And then the state guy is his brother. Yeah, like so, like they like this is their show. This is like a bunch of people who hang out and they like pitch the show to Comedy Central, and Comedy Central bought it right away. But it's like this is just a bunch of friends hanging out and making their shows. So that makes it two to two, if I'm not mistaken. That's how. That's why the show is so tight. I think is because these people aren't just friends, but like have been honing their comedy together for years. But yeah, uh, Reservation Dogs, I think, is almost as funny. Just what a to repeat, Greg, like assured show right out of the gate which we you, you guys know that with a lot of these comedies we have to say start in the second season or yeah. wait for the first six episodes and that's not the case with reservation dogs yeah and so i guess it's to me and i will say it's reservation dogs uh Southside, this is one of the few shows that i think could have beaten it but it has reservation dogs is moving on and when we come back we'll get to our next matchup <laughs> well that is very very funny or very sad, and perhaps now you have something to think about. Or very problematic, and perhaps we have something to think about. But in any event, I'm sure you have some reaction to what you're listening to. So why not check us out on the social media? You can go to Instagram or Twitter and find us at Your Pop Filter. Email contacts at Your Pop Filter. Hey, everybody. Keep watching them movies. Our next matchup is number five, What We Do in the Shadows, versus number 13, Starstruck. In its third season, What We Do in the Shadows is the longest-running comedy we are discussing tonight. It is up against one of our five newbie shows, Starstruck, a comedy about a celebrity dating a woman way out of his league. Starstruck is the story of one man, me, yelling at my TV for about three hours demanding the two leads kiss. 
Caitlin, what charms you more? Watching two characters find their way through a tumultuous romance or vampires, a being that can literally charm you? Uh, Greg, I have to say this is one of the hardest like brackets for me. I I don't even know where I'm going to go because Starstruck had me at the rom-com. It was funny. I love the characters. Like it's better than marry me. Oh, don't even compare it. It's, it's, uh, it's got that great dynamic and the characters are so well-rounded. I love the girl. I forget her name right now. Rose Thomaskow, something like that. She's fantastic. And I love her. And every time she's on screen, she's the lead female also, but like also the creator of the show. Really? Yeah. She's our new Fleabag. Yeah, basically she's our current, our current Fleabag. So I, I love, I love that. I was sucked in, watched it all in one night. Um, but then there's what we do in the shadows and yes. season three had a twilight episode. And as we canonically know, I fall for twilight cause I love twilight so much Very and true. it's vampires. So, uh, this was just like, this is going to be a hard one for me, Greg. And we I also, I, this season learned a lot more about Colin Robinson. Yes, Colin Robinson. Uh huh. Um, and yeah, they play freaking kickball. I, everything about it. I love what we do in the shadows. Last year was our winner. Wasn't it? It was, yes. It was. So it was. The reigning champion. It's still hot. And it's rare for a comedy to go back to back. I don't know if that has ever happened for us quite yet. And usually the new shows like grab our attention, and those Steal are the ones hearts. we really care about. Ryan, is that the case more than ever with a show like Starstruck? Well, it's, it is it is for two reasons. One, I it's uh, Rose Matafeo. Matafeo. And... Uh, you you hear the pitch of the show and you're like, okay, I have seen that before. Yes. It is Notting Hill. It's the um in the future when the show's released, the terrible piece of shit movie Marry Me. <laughs> uh it's the same thing. But what we're not we're not looking for a premise, we're looking for a star. And we got a star not in the uh Hollywood person or the movie star that's in the show, but in Rose, who uh I will just follow her for whatever project she ever does. Well, I stick by what I said in the intro. I believe part of what makes this show so effective is that although he's the celebrity and she's the civilian, she doesn't like know who he is yeah. the first time they get together. And from that point forward, he is more often on the back foot than she is. Like he's pursuing her. He's hanging out around her work. Thinking to try about to, like, her, obsessing about yeah, her Yeah, is this thing yours? And so in that way, the way he pursues her, it's a funny turnaround of that where it's like, it's not that she's crazy about him because he's a celebrity. He's crazy about her because she's, really so witty and vivacious and beautiful and, and interesting spontaneous and and it's it's a great dynamic because she completely moves on she's like i'm not gonna get with this guy he's famous it's a completely different life so she just moves on and she could live her life without him but he's the one who continues to come back and i think that's what gets me to it's like ah like it's it's like it's her choice she can do whatever yeah. she wants well in her uh, her agency like informs his decision making on his own career throughout the show which is amazing because this whole season takes the scope of of a calendar year and he changes as a person based on what he learns from her which is a rare thing right in this sort of power dynamic crazy that is in this genre not just the power dynamic but in the genre where what nate just said is the case where her decisions make him make his decisions yeah, and so then he responds to her. And that's I think that's what gives the show so much for quality, makes it so interesting. It is a lot of show 
like it's hard when we have a show that's three seasons to not imagine its complete body of work, even when we're talking about a specific season. But is that helping, do you think, or hurting? Like, we can't talk about Jackie Daytona on this show. We can't. Oh God, There's no reason to go into the Jackie Daytona episode, even if it changed our lives forever <laughs> and imprinted on us and, and changed who we are as people. It did not take place in the third season, and so we can't talk about that. We have to talk about, like, being in charge of the Vampire Council. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. what... But, truthfully... We are not able to divorce ourselves, I think, from the other stuff. Where Starstruck, is it... I guess my question, and Nate, I'll pose it to you. Is it helped or hurt by the fact that it only has, like, the six episodes? I think it's kind of both, but I think it's mostly helped. Because the way that the show ends is so pitch perfect. Not not the movie series, but the the metaphor. (laughs) That... I can't think of anything better. Like when I when I was watching them sitting in the back of the bus, a la uh, the graduate, and just yes. waiting for like, oh, is something horrible going to happen? Because th- yes. that was my first gut was like, oh, they're going to realize that this isn't going to work or something. And then no, no, we get we get a morsel of joy at the end of this yes. very joyful experience, right? Um, and I mean, to contrast that with with season three of of what we do in the shadows, it's like, oh, th- I mean, you get kind of a weird morsel of joy at the end, yeah. but it's a very different, oh, that's sad a- joy. <laughs> That, that's a little bundle of joy that I did not expect. Uh, little baby. Little baby Colin. <laughs> um, I, I will, I've said this before on other pop filter podcasts, but I, do, I, I was overall disappointed with the third season. And okay. I know that Wild. it won the whole thing, but I think second season, it's not just the pop filter victory, which I know is its greatest achievement yeah. in its show. Uh, but I thought this was a doubt. I thought it was unfocused, and I thought that... Um, but when it was focused, that's when it was its most boring. You know, hmm. like the the vampire council stuff. We want to watch these characters hang out, like what we were talking about with reservation dogs. You know, plots in the background, these kids all on a couch in the foreground, and there was just something off about this season that still made it one of the best shows on TV. Yeah, but compared to the second season, which Starstruck doesn't have to deal with, I was a little bummed out. Did you feel at all, Ryan, that it was like the show wants to really... It, the show seems to want to commit to Colin Robinson existing at all. He's not in the movie. He's just an invention for the show. This season seemed to be like they doubled and tripled down on that. Like, no, dude. Colin Robinson is the center of our experience. And what's weird is just before... Uh, what's his name, but that's not Jackie Daytona? Matt Barry? Yeah, what's his character's name? Matt Barry. Uh, it's Cravensworth is his last name, right? Matt Barry, you realize just before you realize, just before the show tells you to realize that Matt Barry has been spending a lot of time with Colin, and then you get all of the information about why towards the end, but it's still, it was still like, well, the only way that we're going to spend more time with Colin Robinson is if we work it into the plot, and that's like, that's true for the characters on the show and the, the writers of the show, you It's know? like when you're a teacher and you assign like your brightest student to work with your worst student. Yeah, exactly. Like, okay, Matt. We're going to have you go over there, Colin Robinson. And okay? Matt Berry suffered. Like, this was his yes. worst season of the three. And then, I mean, and, and quite, well, the spoilers, but like, yeah, like, it, it changes then the complexion of how what the show is going to be like going forward, too, I think. Well, it's time to do it. It's time to pick which one we want to move on. So, what's it going to be, Ryan? What we do in the shadows or Starstruck? Look, I might be a sucker for, a, for an upstart. You might be. But I'm going Starstruck, dude. Starstruck. Caitlin. Um, so Starstruck, my only criticism for it is that it could have been a movie, um, because it's 60 minutes long. It is like, has a cadence of a movie. Yeah. Um, that, I mean, like, that's your criticism, but I'm, I'm nervous about, like, do you have to get over that? Because is this, and I know Marry Me came out into the theaters, but like, 
Is this what you have to get used to if you're a rom-com fan? This is just how we're going to get our medicine? That's what I'm wondering. But then I saw Marry Me and I was like, no, they're still doing it like this. So (laughs) their their relationship in this is so episodic, though, that I think it kind of works, you know? Yeah, it it reminds me. What is it? It's 500 days of summer or something, how it's Uh, broken up between seasons seasons. and stuff. So it it was like this. I watched it like a movie in one sitting. And I feel like a lot of people do. So I thought it was that was the only thing that really bugged me with it. Um, and I love what we do in the shadows and there's a twilight episode. So I'm going to do what we do in the shadows. All right. One to one. Cassie, what do you say? Uh, yeah. So starstruck had, you know, obviously the lead amazing. She is the beacon of it. The rest, everyone, but her friend, like he, he, I could take him or leave him. Once I watched this, I was done with it. I never want to go back to it again. Like I can leave it in my past. What we do in the shadows, I will always go back to. So it's what we do in the shadows. Now, of course, you can say whatever you want on the show, but that's really getting close. So <laughs> that's really pushing it. All right. So, Nate, what we do in the shadows in danger of running away with it. What do you say? I mean, I, I have to say that what we do in the shadows, the, the siren episode was one of the funniest yes. things I've ever experienced in my entire yes. life. And I, and I wish that the entire season had had that pitch. Them going like back been... and forth between being repulsed by her and like so attractive. Like, yeah. She's so gross, but damn, girl. <laughs> It was just because it, it was delightful because it reminded you of the previous seasons where, yeah, the Vampire Council stuff did kind of drag. It it felt administrative in its own right. Yeah, it yeah. was George Lucas-esque. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah, was... let's talk about trade federations <laughs> of the Vampire Empire. <laughs> we must bypass the Vampire Blockade. <laughs> but, but even all that said, like, I think that what's interesting about Starstruck is that it's a compelling rom-com that is is a complete thing i i think that it's it's its own entity it's like a a, it would be like saying that one of the individual marvel series would win any sort of one of these brackets and i don't think they can because they're just they're basically like hey we have a little more than more movie than we wanted but we're gonna make it into a show because it's easy to do now um and that's how you get you get funding like i want to make a movie no I'll make it a TV show. Here's your money. Here's That's money. how it works, you know? Right, right. So, yeah, I mean, as, as hard as it is for me to say, because I really love Starstruck, I'm going to go with what we do in the shadows. Wow. Damn. So my vote rendered unnecessary. Can we at least agree on this? Uh, last year, we did uh, acting awards. You know, we did uh, actress, actor, supporting actress, and supporting actor. I forgot this yeah, year. Yeah, we forgot to do that, listeners. Uh, but had we done it, Rose Matafeo would have ran away oh with Best God. Actress, right? Yeah. Very much so. The same way she ran away with our hearts. Uh, well, I am shocked. I'm a little gobsmacked. This is the returning champion winning, and I think it's it's the higher seed. I'm still in the final shocked. Floor. I am still shocked. When we come back, more shocking events? No. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for listening so far. And let me just tell you that everything ahead of this commercial is much better than what came before it. That's my guarantee. While I have you here, let me tell you about a website. It's called yourpopfilter.com. And it's everything you need that's related to Pop Filter. Everything Mike, everything Ryan, everything Greg, everything Cassie, everything is there at yourpopfilter.com. While you're there, go to yourpopfilter.com slash Amazon. Make that your new Amazon bookmark and do your shopping from there. That way we get a little piece of the action and Amazon doesn't. Make sure you're also listening to everything that Pop Filter has to offer, which includes the Superhero Show Show, a podcast that covers every single TV show that's based on a comic book or comic book property. 
and Movie of the Year, where we sit down and try and figure out what is the single greatest movie of any given year. That superhero show show, that's Movie of the Year, and that's YourPopFilter.com. Rate, subscribe, review, bye! Listeners, that was just the number 13 seed. I feel like upsetting yeah. the number five seed and returning champion of what we do in the shadows. Up next is number two seed, Hacks, versus number seven seed, The Other Two. Oh, oh, this sucks. Jean Smart reminds us once again that she is one of the most important actors on television with Hacks, a story of a dark mentorship between Las Vegas comedian Deborah Vance and a younger writer, Ava, who is one of those millennials you keep hearing about. Also, Meg Stalter is in it as a terrible assistant, and she steals the show, and I love her. The other two sees our eponymous duo living large and largely ruining the lives of everyone else around them. They make Chase dreams sad, and that made me sad. <laughs> Ryan, Hacks is our number two seed. Should we consider its, co- its competition, the other two? We should, Greg, and here's why. I should tell you why, right? And, and also why. We're on a show. Um, I think that this is a repeat of our first round, our first battle. Okay. Because this is a funny show with a lot of pathos, a lot of drama. You could almost qualify it as a drama if it wasn't 30 minutes instead Being of 60. Hacks. Uh, with the other two, which I think is, if it wasn't for Southside, the most laugh per minute show that we watched. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, prob- probably the most densely packed with comedy. It's non fucking stop. These two degenerate that we, <laughs> and we want to, we, we as a culture want to think of people like Chase Dreams as degenerates, right? We want to be like, yeah. you have no talent. You're floating on your looks and your luck. And but he is actually so nice and wonderful he's and a loving. Sweet little angel. Yeah. Nice little boy. And his older siblings cannot stop ruining their lives, each other's lives, just being absolute pieces of shit. They work their mom to near death. to death. death. Yeah, she is, and and her their mom is Molly Shannon. And we'll respect. <laughs> I'm going to say future Pop Filter Hall of Famer. Oh, my God, Shannon. dude. We have to. Yeah. We absolutely have to. We absolutely have to. And they also, their brother, they like refuse to let him sing. Uh, no, no, no. That's a, No, not, not tonight. And so the whole season becomes a meditation on the two of them getting exactly what they want and absolutely torturing the most important people <laughs> in their lives to get it. And also torturing themselves a bit because yeah. they're not having they're fun. They're not having no. either. <laughs> they have... They have they have said that their happiness is going to be uh, I don't know garnered by like this really like vapid bullshit stuff and then they achieve it and they're like well fuck, <laughs> fuck this, this sucks man and there's still the um, dummy assistant Chase Dream's assistant who is dating the mom um, oh Ken Marino Ch- yes hell yes <laughs> and really trying so hard Streeter, to be part Streeter. of the family Streeter who wants to be a stepdad so bad <laughs> and everybody is like trying to break it to him that he is gonna get dumped how, <laughs> how many times in this season did we hear somebody in the family say and this is our family mom brother brother sister and Streeter. Like, he's just always in the back. You won't know he was in the scene. He <laughs> runs into it and, like, crashes through some barrels. Streeter's here as well. It's something about, like, the ensemble. There's so many, like, casts that are so strong throughout this bracket. But this one, everyone has their own delightful thing that they bring to it. And it, they're all funny in different ways. And it, it's, I don't know. I love it. And this season, I thought, was a really interesting exploration of, uh, like, what it is like to become an, uh, a, a, a like out of the closet gay man and really like embrace like gay culture. Mm. And it was, 
I feel like that hasn't quite been done as thoroughly as it was done in this show, where you see him like using Grinder <laughs> and learning about what that's really like and everything, and going from the pure innocence of not knowing what that stuff is like, like basically almost being a straight, mm-hmm. like 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 being that divorced from from his real identity, and then going through all that, I thought was a really interesting like exploration of what that that life is like and how the absurdities that go with it. The amount of people I tried to show the clip of him when he's trying to write his movie play or something like that and it's just him on the bridge in his in his notebook it's just gay yeah. life, <laughs> life hard the amount of people I tried yeah, to show life hard. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like no context is showing them this clip of like is this the funniest thing you've ever seen <laughs> I guarantee you half of any Starbucks in LA the journals yes. of all the customers say exactly that but Nate is there a weightiness to hacks that causes us to maybe give it a second look or give it a little bit extra oomph. I think the thing about hacks is the performances are so incredible uh, just across the board. And, Gene and Smart, Shooter McGavin. Yeah, Shooter, yeah, like shoot, Shooter is compelling. <laughs> There's scenes in hacks where it's almost like he's saying, look, my name's Shooter McGavin and here's how, here's why I act like that. It's like, oh shit. This is the behind the scenes of Billy Madison or Happy Gilmore right now. Shooter got a casino in the future. And you're just like, that's in line. I also feel like when men and women are the ages of those actors and actresses, they're either their sexuality is either goofed on or they have like cross generational romances. The two of them being rivals, but also hot for each other. And that simmering. Yeah. 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 And him being like, I'm more interested in you, my contemporary, than I am like a younger woman who doesn't interest me. I, I thought that was just an interesting real thing that you don't see depicted that much. The other real thing it did was so they really brought into the world of comedy and how shitty it was for women in the past. Apparently, yeah. This it was, is, guys, it was yeah, bad. It was bad <laughs> somehow. The present is fine. Yeah. The present, we everything is fixed. It we did God. it. Yeah. Right. Congratulations, Greg. <laughs> Great job to all the men for doing it now. <laughs> Another <laughs> successful venture. <laughs> But yeah, like that's something it does so well is tackle like, you know, they were like, we have these two generations, we can do something with this and how they're like, you know, she's adamant throughout all of it. Like, that's how it was. Yeah. Our asses got like grabbed all the time. Like it was shitty and we had to fight every single day. And watching Hannah Einbinder, what's her name? That is it. I think. Mm. I mean, the character. Oh, Ava. Ava. Watching Ava think that she's so cool. So much cooler than Mm. Gene Smart's character. And then going back to the tapes and saying, actually, there's a lot here that's good. But then... Also, if I didn't write those hack jokes, I would I wouldn't have been allowed to go on stage. Like yeah. I was only allowed this certain kind of comedy, yeah. you know, and you just get to do whatever you want. And she doesn't get to do whatever she wants because she her ass is fired and blocked from Hollywood basically. <laughs> because of a tweet. Because of a tweet. Cancel culture. Well, we don't have time to get into that totally, but still, cancel culture, look into it everybody. It, it, it's a, it's a bad thing. Honestly, I'm just look it up. Yeah, just look it up. You'll just see. Just look it up. Uh, so, what's it going to be? Caitlin, we'll start with you. Number two, Hacks, or number seven, the other two? Oh, okay. So, a little confusing, because one is the number two seed, and the other one is the other two. And we're all Hacks, so like I don't <laughs> even know who you're talking to. So Hacks, um, it, again, it, it's just, it was meatier. It was definitely meatier than the other two, and you know me. I, I like to have my potatoes uh, and save my meat for later, so I'm going to go with the other two. I loved, <laughs> just, I loved them. Uh, I would like the steak. No steak, just the sides, please. Yes, I just sides. love the sides. Just the sides. Potatoes are a great side. Though. I, I mean, love potatoes. Yeah. You get some corn and potatoes in front of her. <laughs> She's a little monster. Nate, <laughs> potatoes, a great side? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. A gratin. 
<laughs> okay. Oh, Groton. Little controversial there. What do you think's moving on? Hacks or the other two? Oh man, I just I really loved Hacks. I I I thought I mean, same kind of thing. Other two I laughed the entire time so much. And it is like to see Ken Marino at all again as much as I did cuz I I ended up watching all both seasons of this <laughs> to prepare. Um, totally, yeah. It's phenomenal. It's such a funny show. But I think that the relationship that happens in Hacks and the way that it's just so tightly written and it, I mean it ends on it ends on a beautiful cliffhanger to go okay well cool everything's going to unwind and unravel again probably next season yeah. and it's going to be hilarious because we've been through this so maybe it'll happen differently but maybe it won't and uh, and I'm I'm hungry for more and what a classic final scene from oh wait you're talking about Hacks yeah. Yes. Okay. Well, I'm going to talk about the other two real quick. Uh, <laughs> classic cl- cliffhanger for the other two, uh, which is show that, like, as Caitlin said, less meaty for sure, but uh, there's an empty dining room table in the backyard, and we just get to find out who, who shows sits up. Down. Yeah. yeah, dude. That was pretty yeah. good. Honestly, yeah. I was like, okay, that's like you're kind of kicking into yeah. another gear for this. And that's sort of what's happening to the characters in their lives at that time. And so that that's an interesting move. Ryan, does that mean that you're voting for the other two? I. Caitlin? Yeah. Cassie? Yeah. Nate? Yes? You are here to witness the ending of my friendship with Greg. Uh, how long have we had? Uh, like 20, 20 longer than Longer than I've been married to my wife. <laughs> yeah. Or longer than I've known my wife. It's been over two decades. But my vote is the other two. Because the other two, every character from that show lives in that world. And May, Meg Statler as funny as she is, is on an absolutely different show and I think ruins the show. Ryan, you can't say that. I'm sorry. You, you I'll should, miss you, buddy. They did a behind this, like they did a thing like where she interviewed the other cast members and she was being so extra. And I know they're all actors, so maybe they were like pretending like, you know, she's doing the behind the between two ferns, Zach Galvanakis right. thing. But I swear, Gene Smart almost came up out of her chair <laughs> and like attacked her. her. Yeah, because I, you know, it's, you see the clips of it, but I think that she lays it in for a long time until she gets a reaction out of you. Uh, well, Ryan, I'm very disappointed in that. I thought of you as a man of integrity, but now I'm not so I have sure. I no integrity. Cassie. <laughs> uh, right now, I see it as being uh, two hacks and one other two. Uh, two other two. Two other twos, one hacks. One hacks. Two other twos, and one hacks. One hacks. Oh, God. This is probably the hardest thing. Hacks is real good. Uh oh. Uh oh. There we go. <laughs> Starting with the work good. Through it right now. Don't you say anything about Meg Stelter. I'll freak out. <laughs> it's. God, fuck. We love hacks. We love hacks. Yeah. It's so good. The other two is delightful, though. Mm-mm. The other two. Oh, my <laughs> God. There Upset. you go. Upset. Number seven seed taking down number two seed. Very interesting. When we come back, the last matchup of this first round. Hola, Felterinos. I just wanted to interrupt real briefly and say thank you for listening. Thank you for your support. If you want to support us a little more directly, you can go to patreon.com slash yourpopfilter. There, depending on what tier you pick, $1 a month, $5 a month. If you're crazy, anything more than $5 a month, don't do that. You can get extra content. There's extra shows, extra series, uh, behind-the-scenes stuff. Uh, You could pay for ryan to draw you a picture Uh, i can write you a poem you can get the shirts off our very own backs all of that and so much more over at patreon.com slash your pop filter 
While you're on the internet, you should check out Shady Monk. He does all the tunes you've been listening to. He's on Bandcamp, he's on Spotify, uh, SoundCloud, wherever kids get their music these days that I'm too old to know. Shady Monk lives there. Uh, you can probably follow him on Twitter and Instagram as well. That's Shady Monk. Wherever you get music, check him out. Our last matchup is number three, Only Murders in the Building, versus number six, We Are Lady Parts. Only Murders in the Building asks the question, what if Martin Short has been the funniest person alive for like the last 50 years? Also, OM in the B asks, why is everyone so much hotter when they turn evil? We Are Lady Parts is about navigating multiple identities and trying to be the best version of yourself at the same time, whether that means being the perfect Muslim, the perfect daughter, the perfect woman, all while trying to be the perfect bandmate, perfect rocker, and perfect artist. Nate, OM in the B is about podcasts, gross. And We Are Lady Parts is about rock music, epic. Does that make it a slam dunk? This is this is a really hard one because on one hand, um, Only Murders in the Building is the show that I heard the most about from other people throughout okay. the entirety of last year. Good it point. was it was the conversation topic. So from a what was the show of the year standpoint, well, everybody talked to me about this, and everybody said, "Are you watching that? Are you watching that?" And it was like, "No." And then I did, and I really enjoyed it. I mean, more so than any of the shows, right? Like, yes, yeah, more than re- more than Reservation Dogs. Yes, it's two super three most superstars and just, podcasting. Most of these shows, if you just went off and asked somebody in the street to oh, name them, do you mean Young Sheldon? They would have no idea. Only Murders in the Building is probably one of the only shows off our list that people could really reliably be said to have heard of. Mm-hmm. But is it good? The best of the shows, or is it closer to maybe? Like the worst of the shows that we're talking about today, Cassie. What do you think? Um, it's I don't know if it's it seems harsh to say the worst. It does it's 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 comedy powerhouses, it's obviously good. If it's the worst, it'll be the worst of the best. Of the right? best. Be the best. Yeah. So. I'm I might be comfortable saying that. That's it's the one I was definitely least excited for, and when I put it on, I was like, This is what I expected. And then to just see people gather around and really bond over a podcast, and I was like you don't think Steve Martin and Martin Short are funny because your kind of comedy is YouTubers like Jazz Pizzazz yeah. and Doobie Shabroob. Yeah. Yeah. So it makes sense why you wouldn't like it. Yeah. It's too. What? What's their comedy? I, I got nothing from. Is them. there even comedy? Is it even? I think Martin Short, obviously, I said in the intro, I think that he is a case for one of the funniest people alive and has been for a long time i think he does an amazing job on this show i think steve martin has lost a couple miles per hour off his fastball and took the straight man job yeah isn't worried about it yeah like i mean he really and i thought did a did a competent job but just at the end of the day i'm wondering like i think about like reservation dogs and like how hyped i get for that how hyped i got from hacks how funny the other two is it just feels like it is kind of in a different class. All right. Let me offer some back and forth here. I'll do the back. You do the fourth? Sure. Well, anybody do the fourth. Um, we are Lady Parts. As wonderful as it is, it does strike me, like Caitlin said about Starstruck, in that this this was a movie when we were kids, and now it's a TV show. And as empowering and like feel good as it was, and I mean, like somebody getting over their anxiety and security insecurity to being a rock band is catnip for yeah. me. Like, that is all I want in entertainment. At the end of it, I was still thinking like, these are characters that we haven't seen before, but 
everything else is something that I have seen one billion times. And even when they get like fanciful, like uh, she's on a first date. Uh, when I said back and forth, I just meant back. Just, <laughs> just me. uh, she's on a first date and the whole background drops away and they're like on a game show, I think. There's like some magical realism. And in the it, magical yeah. realism is stuff like, man, we have been getting this long time ago, recently. Like this has never gone away. You it know? was like and, that, uh, the Bruce Springsteen movie that yeah, came out recently. But... Uh, uh, Springsteen. Blinded movie. by the light. Blinded by the light. Yeah. Same same kind of thing. It was dealing with, I mean... Jane the Virgin, you know, did a lot of yeah. this. Like, this is a classic rom-com thing. Allie MacBeal. Allie MacBeal, Yeah. Just to, keep it, just to keep it current. What if a baby danced? <laughs> <laughs> what if something from the internet happened in your real life because you're having a stroke, but you just think it's quirky? And, like, it, I am comparing it to Starstruck because, you know... Six hour or three hour movie, six BBC. episodes. Uh, yeah, has that feel. And Starstruck just seems so much more original to me. I almost feel like, and this is going to be such like an apology, uh, but I almost feel like We Are Lady Parts is striving to have the unconventional characters you've never seen before and actually trying to put them into like flash dance, actually put them into right. like, so I think it doesn't mean it works, it doesn't mean it's, it's worthwhile. But I feel like the paint-by-numbers parts of it are supposed to be paint-by-numbers because maybe young British Muslim girls what never got... but Muslim? Yeah, the they, because, they ne- because they never got it. Because you have to go and rewrite it. Now, that doesn't mean that it works you know, for everybody, but... And it, like, it absolutely does work. I mean, I'm and talking if, yeah, about it's this. it's hilarious and If this is three and, and a half stars or four stars, that's what I'm talking about. Like, it obviously works. Well... We have damned both of these shows with an awful lot of faint praise. I do know this. No matter who wins, they're losing. Yeah. So let's see who's going to make it into the next round. Caitlin, what's it going to be? Is so, uh, This is hard because, yeah. like you guys said, what, Only Murders in the Building, I watched it. The following day, I met up with a friend and they were like, have you seen... Yeah, only murders in the building. I was like, "How does this happen?" What? Because I had I had seen one commercial for it, so I didn't know anything about it. I had I binged the whole thing like within two days. So I was like so excited to have someone to talk to about it. Only we are lady parts. I loved it, but also I did get the same like kind of like okay. And so I'm gonna. ah, It's hard. (laughs) What about? Keep in mind, oh, only murders in the building has Bad Daddy Nathan Lane. Yeah, we we're, we are treated to, and I won't tell you what other characters become evil and sexy, but there's a couple characters that take a, like a heel turn in this show and instantly get like two points on the old hotness <laughs> meter. Wow, uh, I I guess I'm doing only murders in the building. All right, Bad Daddy Nathan Lane, happy to take home a vote. Cassie, what do you say? <laughs> um, <laughs> like, sound like a racetrack announcer. And that's a- <laughs> That's the name of a horse, Bad Daddy Nathan Lane, coming up to win the race. Um, I got to knock him down one peg, so I'm going to go We Are Lady Parts. All right, Nate, it's to you, a 1-1 tie. What is it, Only Murders or We Are Lady Parts? Oh, man, like, so Only Murders has Sting in it. We didn't mention that. Okay, yeah. yeah. But Only Murders is also very much like, what if NPR write, tried to write a comedy show? Yeah. And that's what really if, what it feels like, because it's not funny dude, funny. Yes. Like, when Tina yeah. Fey appears being the parody of the NPR person, it's not with the bite that it would have yes. normally. Did you, did you find yourself laughing because you thought you should instead of laughing because your brain made you laugh? You know, it's like, oh, I understand. I recognize that as comedy. I think, is- I think like, it was referential laughter combined with... Um, 
I just, I genuinely enjoyed the mystery of the show. I wouldn't necessarily say it was, like, something that I said, like, oh, this is a comedy I have to watch. It was like, well, these are funny people in a compelling story. Yes, yeah. Yeah. That I don't said, know either, Nate, so <laughs> I'm still trying to figure it out. <laughs> that said, like, I, I thought We Are Lady Parts was really great, and I and I love listening to, like, hardcore rock punk music in this format and in this style. And even though it was kind of repetitive and recycled in a lot of ways, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to vote for it. All right, very good. We Are Lady Parts pulls into the lead, Ryan. And again, Starstruck was too, but Starstruck, all of the tropes that they used, I think that they used a better effect or turned on their head. I I didn't think we had to watch We Are Lady Parts. I rented VR Lady Parts. Okay. Yeah, it was just virtual reality. Lady Parts? Lady Parts. Okay. And so that's what I'm going off of? Yeah. Okay. I, I don't know what to do. We didn't talk about Selena Gomez. She was great. I never, I've never seen her in anything before. I thought she was amazing. I am going... What's the score right now? Not that that should affect uh, my girl. We Are Lady Parts are ahead two to one. Is ahead two to one. Okay, uh, at the end of the day, 24-7, giving it 110%, it is what it is, only murders in the building. Oh, wow. so we have a tie, only murders in the building, we are lady parts, and I, podcasting. I, will, I will reveal something that I did not reveal this whole segment. I clearly liked We Are Lady Parts way more than anybody else on this panel. Uh, it was one of the ones that really won me over. I think I liked the fact that it had formulaic elements. Uh, it's not even close for me. We Are Lady Parts in a Ooh. landslide. Right. Hacks and only murders. Get so, the fuck out of here. Reservation Dogs, What We Do in the Shadows, The Other Two, and We Are Lady Parts. Moving on to the next round. We're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to wrap this up quick. All right, the time for talk is over. The time for action is upon us. Reservation Dogs versus What We Do in the Shadows. Ryan Wazagami. So congratulations to FX on Hulu. Yeah, dude. They are rocking this right now. Hulu. Which I think is one of the most bankable channels of things. Like FX on Hulu means it's going to be good stuff. These are two good shows. This is Taika Waititi versus Taika Waititi. Oh, fuck. Oh, man. <laughs> it's like a dream I had. <laughs> yeah, Ouroboros. All right, Taika's, we will wanna, I will have sex with one of you, but you must fight <laughs> before I decide. Um, yeah, what we do with the Shadows is tired as far as a Final Four goes, and Res Dogs is awesome and original, and it's Res Dogs. Yeah, it's hard when you're in your third season. Caitlin. You're old. Uh, I'm going for the old vampire crusties. Um, I because a vampire kickball. Yes, Ryan. You are can, ride or die for Twilight. Nothing can get me more than a Twilight reference than a Twilight episode, and then like there's so many references in there, and then I love all these characters. Truly, I as, love them all. Also, as, we haven't mentioned yet, and Nate, I know you're just about to say this, but yesterday was Taylor Lautner's birthday. So. Oh my <laughs> gosh! As Twilight fan, are you kind of watching what's going on with J.K. Rowling and being like feeling a little smug? Like, ah, oh, Stephanie Meyer, shut your fucking Harry mouth. Potter fan. You don't say a single thing. What's up, huh? Stephanie Meyer's is staying real quiet. Got I'm Twilight over here. So you are going with what we do in the shadows? I am going with that, yeah. All right, Cassie, what do you say? I have such a soft spot for the ensemble in what we do in the shadows. Um, it's hard for them to be knocked down for me, so I'm going to go what we do in the shadows. Two to one with the vampire. <laughs> oh. Nate, what do you say? I mean, do I want to be an agent of chaos or an agent of uh, Greg voting? That's, that's that's what you gotta see. 
Everyone has to decide for themselves. I mean, you could think about what you actually liked more and vote for that. I did. I did nah, like. No, no I, you know what? Honestly, I liked what we do in the shadows more. I really did enjoy it. I gotta go for it. I'm sorry. That's this is bullshit. Oh my god, this is bullshit. Wow, Greg. I am shocked, Ryan. I know it doesn't count, Greg, but what is your vote? Our jaws literally on the floor. I thought Red Dogs was. I thought it was going to be boring. How much we were just like, yeah. What can you say? Moving through. What can you say? But there's only one man in the world who can best Taiko Waititi. And it's fucking Taiko Waititi, man. All right, your dreams don't count as research. <laughs> he, came, he came for himself and he did not miss. Okay, so that that is that. Into the finals, and what we do in the shadows. This Are whole episode back is back? And under review. Yeah, we will be reviewing this. Yeah. Ryan is now podcasting under protest, as is his right. <laughs> All right, up next, the other two... Versus We Are Lady Parts. I have to take a vote, but I'm pretty sure I see how this is going. Nate, let's start with you. What's moving on? Oh, man. I, I'm going to go with the other two. All right. The other two secures one vote, Ryan. Is the other two pee-pee? Because the two would be poo-poo. <laughs> so is the other two... But it's the other. Is that true? Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Cassie. <laughs> Cassie knows how to wrap up a bit. Just say yes, and then we can move on. Is it not just stare at you, kind of... With my head tilted to the side. We, in the last like 10 years, we really did get a glut of other twos with the, um, just the, the whole sort of It's Always Sunny, uh, the Billy Eichner, Julie Klosner show. Remember that? The happy endings. Uh, just the two people, uh, just like, we hate the world and we're going to bitch about it together. Grimy. Yeah. Um, but I think the other two found a way to elevate itself over that genre more than We Are Lady Parts did. Both are incredible. The other two is. Southside level hilarious. I'm picking the other two. Caitlin, what is it for you? The other two or lady parts? Beans, guys. This is hard. <laughs> big old beans. And I'm going to pick two big old beans. The other two. The beans. other two. Cassie, what's it going to be? You guys know how much we love the other two. I'm sorry. It's going to be the other two. <laughs> and you know what? I would probably say at this point, I think the other two is probably the funniest show on television right now. So it's there's no there's no there's nothing wrong with it triumphing here but now we are down to the other two versus what we do in the shadows Whoa. here we go Did our we know you're we gonna be here our it, final matchup it has happened before greg i i have done the research and we have had one show win two pop filter comedy of the year awards okay do you remember what it was um is it uh crazy ex-girlfriend it's atlanta atlanta wow yeah. that is it was a company. while ago but yeah, Atlanta season three coming out, I think, sometime this year, everybody. Let's just give it to that. Stay tuned. <laughs> Stay tuned. But Ryan, what's it going to be? Oh, we're, uh, we're doing this. We got to uh, vote, man. Vote or die. That's what P. Diddy says. I think that the other two is worse than Reservation Dogs, worse than Hacks. Yes, yes. Preach. <laughs> but it's moving on to be the pop filter show of the year. All right. Nate, let's go to you next. What deserves to be pop filters? TV comedy of 2021. And we all see why democracy does not work, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. it, it, oh, this yeah. is proof. That's why we're wrapping it up on the whole democracy thing. <laughs> We've broken it. Both of these shows stick their landings, but yes. the other two is oh, funnier even throughout. Do we even mention Colin Robinson's head getting fucking punched in? Just I absolutely that was caved disgusting. Like a very a... old uh, Halloween jack-o'-lantern. Yeah, punched <laughs> in. Just... Yeah. yeah. Every once in a while, what we do in the shadows is like, by the way, this is a horror We're a comedy. horror show, yeah. Yeah, and every single time, I'm like, I forgot that, but now I'm horrified. So, Nate, you said the other I'm, two, I'm correct? going with the other two, yeah. 
Holy All right, shit. now you two are the locust. You are the reason for the season <laughs> with what we do in the shadows. Are you going with the girl you brought to this dance, everybody? Come on. We brought Nate on this episode, yes. so Cass and Caitlin could not ruin the show, and they did it anyway. And if anything, Nate he helped you get side. away with he it. I know, exactly. I like him. Yes. <laughs> but Cassie, let's start with you. What's it going to be? Um, I know this is going to make you extra mad that I'm not going to push it through. It's going to be the other two. (laughs) (laughs) Caitlin, what do you say? Oh, my God, my babies. I have to choose between them. Ah, ah, The other two. (laughs) It is the other two. And you know what? There was a lot of consternation, a lot of crying, especially by me, on our way up here. But doesn't it feel right when we say 2021's comedy of the year is the other two? (laughs) When I look at these five, and I include myself, absolute dorks. Yeah. (laughs) The other two is the winner. Ultimately, there were a lot of shows that were like about things, had a lot of heart. Uh, Much better. Yeah. Uh, uh, There were funnier shows. There were more important shows. But this is the most important funny show of 2021. The other two. The Bengals of the Bracket. We have coming up our best uh, drama, our best movie in the future. Stay tuned for those. But in the meantime, do me a favor, would you? And keep watching them movies. Grab a baby. baby.